In Thailand's national election on the 14th of May, the new youth-oriented progressive party moved forward, won a startling 151 of the 500 seats in the House of Representatives. The other opposition party, Pua Thai, won 141 seats, so a majority for the opposition, but almost two months later, Thailand still doesn't have a new government. Move Forward Party leader Peter Limjaronrat uh, lost a vote to secure the Prime Ministership, which requires a combined majority of the House of Representatives, but also the 200-member Senate, which is appointed by the Thai military. Since then, Parliament's passed a motion preventing the Move Forward leader from nominating 4pm again. Move Forward is challenging that in Thailand's constitutional court, and now Parliament's deferred another vote on PM until the court rules on that challenge. This week, Thai has confirmed that it's trying to build a coalition government without Move Forward. Dr. Aim Sin Peng is a senior lecturer in comparative politics and international relations at the University of Sydney, and she was in Thailand recently working with some of the new female members of parliament, and I'm very pleased to say she joins us on Sunday Extra now. Uh, good morning, Dr. Sin Peng. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. It's a very complicated process trying to form a new government after this historic election. What happens in terms of the constitutional court process now? And is there much prospect that the court will find in favour of move forward? No. I mean, everyone understands now that move forward is probably out for now. And especially Peter Limter and Lot. Uh, he has no chance of being a prime minister, and the party doesn't even get to decide who's, you know, who would be the chair of the the joint house. So essentially, the party that won the most votes doesn't get a prime minister. Doesn't is not likely to get to be the government, and doesn't even get uh, the share of the the house. Yes, which is uh, not the outcome that you would expect. How has Move Forward reacted to Pua Thai trying to build a coalition government without them? They calculate this scenario uh, way ahead of time. In fact, their calculation is that it's highly likely they could be completely dissolved. So I think they had a long-term plan of that happening, but they need to look come across as really strong and united and not easily backing down so that's what they appear at the moment is disappointed but also you know they're fighting and you say they expect to be dissolved do they have good reason to expect that could you perhaps give us a little bit of a broader history of these youth-oriented um new parties and how they've been dealt with in the past Sure. I mean, this party started only five years ago, and the first reiteration of this party is called um, Future Forward Party. They'd already been dissolved. The members of the executive committee had been banned from politics for 10 years. So they understood that the second reiteration of the party, which is the current Move Forward Party, could follow the same fate, uh, given given that, you know, they're considered as something completely new and too radical for the rest of the political establishment. They understood that this is the, a, a real possibility of happening again, and pro- probably the third and the fourth time, until such time that there's enough change in the political elites that they are no longer considered uh, such a radical party. 
it, you speak of them being considered too radical for the main, the main political elite. Is that mainly about move forward stance on the um, notorious Article 112 of the Thai Criminal Code, which makes it a crime to criticise the royal family? Or what other factors are there that make the establishment consider move forward too radical? The biggest reason why move forward is considered something completely strange and unprecedented in the Thai political system is, that's correct, is that their main policy is to reform two major political institutions in Thailand, the monarchy and the military. Prior to this, we've not had any party that wanted to do that. And, you know, it's not just wanting to do that, it's their main policy. It's literally the reason they were voted in. So for a party to stand for such a big structural change in the country, changing the entire political system, uh, is something that no other party feels they really understand and knows how to work with. So this is why they understand that they probably could be banned. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Dr. And, Anderson and Peng. Yeah, sorry, yeah, from uh, the University of Sydney. Uh, Aim, let's talk now about the other main opposition party, Putai. Who are they putting forward as Prime Minister and what would be involved in making a functional coalition? Because they're going to have to go back on a lot of their public stances, aren't they? Yeah, so Putai has for the longest time been Thailand's most popular party. Right. They they in fact thought they would be this time. And it was quite a shock for them uh, to have lost that position to move forward. Uh Puetai actually has a de facto leader, which is Taksin Shinawad, who was Thailand uh, at um unto this day most popular prime minister the country has ever had. Um he's been in self-exile since the coup in two thousand six. And he's supposedly coming back to Thailand. Um initially on August 10, but it's probably being moved right now. The party has two leaders. One of them is Patong Tan Shinawat, which is Taksin's daughter, and the other is Ta Tiwisin, who is more like he's, you know, older, he's um, well-known and well-respected businessman, business tycoon, really. He's a, he's a billionaire. Um, and He's supposedly the main candidate for the prime ministership from Thai Party because the party realized that bring you know if they nominate Patong Tan, who is the daughter of an exile leader, um, that might cause a bit of a disruption in Thai political system. So this is who they're going with. But right now there seems to be some opposition some opposition voices from certain political elites that didn't voice the opposition before to Seta, which shook the confidence of the leadership of Putai, whether or not the rest of the political elites who, you know, up until a few days ago, seemed to be quite united about getting Putai in and making sure that they're um, in power and not move forward, are now starting to doubt that. And so this is the main reason why Taksin's return to Thailand um, is probably delayed from August 10. Right. So you draw a direct connection between the delay in Taksin's return and these uh, difficulties in actually forming a Per Thai government headed by Shreta Tavasin. 
Yes, definitely. I mean, the 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 big carrot is that well, if you can get rid of Move Forward Party and broke up with Move Forward, um, Puertai gets to be the government and they would need, you know, a few other parties that they had been in opposition with before who was in former government. So, and for Puertai's perspective, what did they get out of it? Well, they get to be the government and Taksin gets to come home. But Taksin has to go to jail no matter what. The, the question is how long? And I think when there was, you know, it, there seems to be some kind of united voice amongst political elites that, yep, Taksin's coming is totally fine. You know, he's less of a threat than move forward. He felt that, you know, August 10, he could come home and he probably would not serve jail time for very long. But the situation has changed then. There seems to be opposition voices coming in from people who were okay with him coming home before. So now I think from Pertai's perspective, they're starting to doubt whether or not this support for Pertai to be heading the government and set out to be the prime minister is really going to stick. So uh, there seems to be certainty that move forward won't be in the government, but that doesn't uh, produce, that just produces a new uncertainty in terms of what happens with Pertai. You you were in Thailand recently speaking with newly elected female MPs. What was the focus of that work and um, what was your um, vibe of these new members of parliament, Aim? It was so exciting to be working with the newly elected um, MPs. They were all women. It was a it was a workshop about you know um, online abuse, hate speech, social media campaigning because this election has produced the highest number of elected women MPs in Thailand in history. And one of the key challenges for women politicians in Thailand was the um, a level of abuse they receive while campaigning, especially online. And so that was the big part of um, the reason why I was in workshop with, with them, training them about, you know, online abuse, what is it like to campaign in today's um, political climate, and uh, what can women politicians do in general to better protect themselves from, you know, getting attacked online. Yes, well, it's great to hear that the, is a high, there is a higher proportion of uh, female MPs in the new parliament. Uh, we've only got uh, a, a less than a minute left, Aim Simpeng, but uh, do you, would you be bold enough to venture when you think there will be a new prime minister in Thailand as these complicated politics play their way out? Hopefully this year. I think what one of the big calculations is that, you know, they want to see how how desperate the public will become to, you know, getting a new government because you're basically playing with, with, with everyone's head, right? I mean, one thing is to not have a most popular party being government. The other thing is to not have a government at all. And if, you know, this whole thing drags on longer and longer and the public, you know, is getting more desperate and said, look, we really need a government. We kind of don't care at this point who's in government. Then the situation changes, right? It changes from move forward has been government to I don't even care who's in government right now. We need one because we need a functioning country. So I think part of the political elite's calculation is just playing with the patience of the public and to see, you know, who would they be happy with or mm. okay to accept to be in government. Well, it sounds like it's still got a long way to go. Aim Sinpeng, thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Thank you for having me. That's Dr. Aim Simpeng, who's Senior Lecturer in Comparative Politics and International Relations at the University of Sydney. ABCRN helps you understand the world. 
Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.